Hey there, this is Ashley, and you're listening to the Motherhood Unfiltered Podcast. I am so glad you joined us this week. As usual, our topic is about real life, unpolished, imperfect, and unfiltered. I keep it real so you can too. I don't take it for granted that in the little bit of time you have to spend on yourself each day, you choose to spend it with me. So let's get ready to be refreshed, to laugh a little, maybe cry a little, and celebrate all the things we face together as we discover our purpose in and out of motherhood. If you love me and you love this podcast, then I have something else you're going to love. Go to my website at ashleyhenriot.com and check out my store. I have the cutest items, teas, tanks, stickers, and even my favorite coffee cups. And of course, free shipping. What mom doesn't love free shipping, right? You'll find my message of empowering and encouraging women there as well. And because you listen to this podcast, I'm going to give you, my friends, a code to get 10% off. Use code LOVE10 and get 10% off your whole entire purchase. I'll link it in the show notes for you as well, sister. Why don't you guys go over and hop on Patreon? You're going to love it with more bonus content, free goodies, discounts, and so much more. And for only $5 a month, we get to connect in such a way that we wouldn't be able to a Motherhood Unfiltered with Q&As, happy hours, and even book clubs. I can't wait to see you over there. You guys, I wanted to come to you today to talk about expectations. Here's how it started. Okay, listen. So I was just by myself on the couch and I was so frustrated for such a really, really long time. I was frustrated with my kids. I was frustrated with my marriage. I was frustrated with my health. I was frustrated with everything. And honestly, I did not enjoy life in the least bit. And I had done everything I possibly could. I was healthy. I was physically feeling my best. I was doing everything I possibly could do. So why was I so short with my kids? Why was I so frustrated all the time? And I asked the Lord and I was just, you know, thinking and I was processing what could it be? And the thing that came to me with the Holy Spirit was expectations. Expectations. Isn't that interesting? We can love people so easily and we can love our babies when they're young and we can love everything about our partner when we first date them and just think they're a hero. But then when we get deep down into a relationship, whether that's friendship, being a mom, being a wife, a husband, whatever it is, we start to put expectations on those relationships and that's where things get really complicated. And so when I had the revelation about my expectations, I realized that I had expectations now on my children that I didn't have when they were little. I had expectations on my spouse that I didn't even really think about until he got real close and we got married. I had expectations on friendships, expectations on working relationships. And when those expectations were not met, whether they were communicated or not, I was frustrated. I was discouraged. And so I had to dive into what that meant and how to release them, and what expectations were healthy to have on those people and what were not, what needed to be communicated and what did not. And this is what I got, okay? The psychology behind expectations is very, very interesting. 
And you know me, I'm a bit of kind of like a research nerd. So when I dive into something, I dive into something. <laughs> so perhaps you have, you've heard of that. And you're like, yeah, dang, Ashley, expectations. Like, like, honestly, I want my kids to do chores a certain way and they're not doing it. I want my kids to start listening the first time I tell them, why doesn't my spouse know that I want coffee on Tuesday? Whatever it is, you've heard the word expectations, right? And you know, there is a definition for those and it is premeditated resentments. I believe that this slogan, which apparently or originated in a 12-step programs, contains some useful practical information for all of about the psychology of expectations. Its wisdom can be acknowledging for, here's the thing, two psychological facts. First, merely expecting something to happen will not make it happen. Developmental psychologist Jean Pidgett noted that young children have difficulties distinguishing between the subjective worlds in their heads and the outer objective worlds. According to Pidgett, children therefore sometimes believe that their thoughts can directly cause things to happen. For example, thinking angry thoughts about your little brother can cause him to fall down the stairs. Pidgett referred to this as a magical thinking and suggested that we all outgrow it by the age of seven. This is what Bidget went where went he went wrong, okay? It turns out that many normal adults continue to engage in various forms of magical thinking, whether that's your spouse or whatever. And and here's the thing, as a Christian, we don't believe in magic. I don't believe in magic. Okay? It's so unbiblical, but I do believe in prayer. So we're going to we're going to take out the the magical thinking in which Bidget talked about. And we're going to talk about prayer. And prayer is popular. Prayer is popular and it is what we use when we want to pray for somebody to meet our expectations. And here's the thing. For many of us, it is difficult to let go of the idea of what we're praying for, that expecting something to happen will make it happen. And it honestly, it could be somebody's sick. It could be, well, I have an expectation of God, right? And we should biblically. But Here's where faith comes in. And I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm just speaking truth. I'm the messenger. But if somebody around us is sick and we expect God to heal them and they don't get healed, what do we do about that? Right? We're frustrated. Do we question our faith or do we question our God? Well, let me encourage you that faith is believing without seeing. And sometimes that means, hey, I believe that you can do it, but even if you don't, I still believe. That is faith. And that really helps us with our expectations. So how do we apply that in our relationships? Well, here I want to talk about a second about human beings, okay? And the natural tendencies to pin their hopes for happiness on fulfilled expectations with God, with our husbands, with our wives, with our children. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with having an expectation in of itself, as long as we have good reasons to believe that them or us fulfilling an expectation will somehow make us happy. Our happiness comes from the Lord. But listen, we take the necessary steps towards fulfilling those expectations. When I talk about good reasons, those things might include us knowing from past experience that certain things make us happy. For example, I know from experience that my morning cup of coffee will almost inevitably, inevitably give me a little bit of happiness, right? I therefore expect this experience each morning after I finish exercise or reading my Bible and breakfast, both of which also reliably give me a little bit of happiness. 
that is okay. Those are good reasons. Those those things can make you happy. Those expectations are good. The problem of expectation occurs when we expect something to happen without good reason for that expectation. If I believe that my expectations alone will bring me what I want, mm, that is a false prayer or magical thinking and setting yourself up for disappointment. And let me tell you, I've set myself up for disappointment. And this is really obvious when we are talking about coffee. I can't make a cup of coffee just by thinking it into existence, unfortunately. Dang it. I have to take the necessary steps to make it happen. I have to grind the beans. I have to put my pod in my Nespresso. I have to put the water in the coffee maker and I have to push the button. Just expecting my coffee to appear is delusional. It, it just is. And sometimes we put those expectations on the relationships around us. And sometimes it's less obvious, right? So when our expectations involve other people, most of us are sane enough to realize that expecting a cup of coffee to materialize from our thoughts is unrealistic. But yet many of us at some point have mistakenly believed that expecting other people to behave the way we want will actually make them behave that way. One member of a couple might expect the other to make coffee, right? I made a TikTok the other day and it was so funny. And But listen, it was funny and it was about how my husband turned to go home instead of knowing that I wanted him to ask me if we wanted to stop for something to eat. And let me tell you, it went viral, but not in the best way. It got over 300,000 likes, over thousands and thousands of comments. And most of them were triggered by the fact that their spouse did not do that. And they were offended by the TikTok that I made because they had the realization of the unhappiness that was was an unfulfilled expectation in their marriage. That is like this. And here's the thing. This is fine, okay? Expecting your spouse to pull over for something to eat and expecting your spouse to make a cup of coffee. It's fine if the other person is happy to do so, if it's communicated, if it's clear, if they know it. But what happens is that if the other person has no interest in living up to that expectation, they have no interest. Maybe they don't know. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. We we've somehow feel shocked, morally indigent and resentful towards that person, even our own children. And let me tell you, real life, I've been there. Expectations are premeditated resentment. Now, it should be easy to think of examples in your own life where you have felt resentful towards people who did not live up to your expectations. Think about it. I'm sure someone came to mind the first time, the first second you turn on Motherhood Unfiltered. It is currently easy enough to find examples all over the place in your own life. And here's the thing. There's one example that I read on Psychology Today by Don Sinnott, and he writes this. I'm sitting at a party. I plan it so perfectly. I would throw a surprise party for my best friend on my birthday. She'll be so surprised. She walks in the door. She looks surprised. She greets everyone and thanks them for coming. She seems to be happy, yet I know her better than anyone. I don't feel that she's excited as I expected her to be. I don't sense the appreciation that I expected. I start to feel upset. I start to feel annoyed. What is this other feeling that's gnawing at me? I start to to feel resentment, all the planning, all the work, giving up my birthday celebration. I quietly acknowledge what I'm feeling and I remind myself, here we go. Expectations are premeditated resentments. Here's some other questions. Let's get real specific. Say, Ashley's going to get real specific here. 
Ever order a steak in a restaurant as medium rare and it gets served to you well done? Ever ask your teen in the morning to do the dishes or my middle school, for instance, and come home from work to have them not done? Ever go to a drive somewhere and it takes you twice as long because of construction? Ever do tons of exercise and get on the scale two weeks later to find the numbers have been budged? Ever go to the doctor for routine wax clean out and leave (laughs) with a surgery date in hand? Expecting life to always turn out the way you want is guaranteed to lead to disappointment because life will not always turn out the way you want it to. And when those unfulfilled expectations involve the failure of other people to behave the way you expect them to, the disappointment also involves resentment. Why is it that we don't get upset when a cup of coffee does not make itself, but we might get upset if someone else does not make us a cup of coffee? I had to ask myself these same questions. Where do we get the sense of power to think that merely expecting others to behave the way we want them to will make them behave that way? And what entitles us to get angry at other people when we fail to meet our expectations? My research, my Googling, (laughs) the psychologically, psychology, whatever, 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 tells me that expectations among people are often based on a, a social contract, an implicit social contract. That is without actually verbalizing expectations about give and take in a relationship. People construct stories in their heads about legitimate expectations of each other. So people in a relationship have a deal in which the specifics of the deal are never really talked about. It is hard for someone to live up to your expectations when they don't know what they are. But you still might see the failure as a violation of your social contract. For example... Mary Schieffer writes about how she listened to a friend's problems for years, even though it was very difficult because she expected her friend to do the same for her when she wanted to talk about her problems. That did not happen as the friendship ended. Unspoken expectations are almost guaranteed to go unfulfilled. Talking openly about what you expect from other people might improve your chances of fulfillment. So thanks Dawn Senate. By learning not to expect people to know what I want and need, I've learned to be much clearer in my communication. I don't expect my husband to know why I'm pouting. I try to tell him why I'm upset. It's so hard for us to do that because it takes us to a level of having to open. And some of us, me, for instance, is not. it's not natural for us to do so, especially if we are a survivor, right? We survive by keeping our guard up, by not needing anybody, but wanting it from someone. We all want someone to do something for us in our life, whether we want to admit that or not. And it takes a level of having to, guess what? Put your walls down, communicate that need, especially with your your close relationships. And at the same time, it is unrealistic to think that merely communicating your expectations clearly is going to get people to behave the way you want them to. Dawn Sinnott continues, I don't expect my children to know the house rules all the time. I am very clear when I remind them, even if it's the 200th time, this is my life, you guys. Children not conforming to parents' expectations seems to be a recurring theme. Note that one of the items on Marine's list above was ever ask your teen in the morning to do the dishes and come home from work to find they're not done. This points to a second kind of social contract, one based on authority rather than the mutual respect in a friendship. Parents assume that their children should obey their expectations because adults have the authority to run the household. Well, isn't it reasonable for parents to expect certain standards of behavior from their children, right? Maybe you're asking yourself that. As the fathers fathers and the mothers of children, and as a mother of four myself, I would agree that we should set standards for our children and so many others with me. 
Failure to do so would make you an irresponsible parent, but you should not expect that your children follow the standards all the time. Do you follow your parents' expectations all the time? Has any child ever? As an educator, I can tell you no. Thinking that this will happen is unrealistic. The question is what to do when children do not follow the rules. You have designed to help them keep them safe, stay healthy, and grow into their potential. If you think that the answer is to get resentful and angry and to yell and threaten, you might want to consider other alternatives. Has that ever worked anyways? You may have noticed that several times, several times, okay, in any relationship, realistic and unrealistic, that distinction is also important, may I say. The expression should actually be phrased as, guess what? Unrealistic expectation is premeditated resentment. Believing that an unverbalized expectation will bring you what you want is unrealistic. Expecting that doing what in the past is reliable, brought about a result you want is realistic. Expecting others to do what is in your interest but not in their interest is unrealistic. Expecting others to do what is in both of your interests can be realistic. Communication. So let go of expectations and find something to be grateful about, even when things Do not turn out the way you hoped. You will experience serenity rather than resentment. Here's a few things to note. I do my thing and you do your thing. I am not in this world to live up to your expectations. And you are not in this world to live up to mine. You are you and I am I. And by chance, if we find each other, it's beautiful. If not, it can be helped. And you know who wrote that? Fruits Pearls in 1969. Now, how do you release your expectations, right? I don't want to leave you with just being like, Here's what expectations are, unrealistic, realistic, but I'm still frustrated. How do we release those to the Lord? Well, I have a Bible verse for you, and it wouldn't be fair if I didn't give you one, right? Proverbs 19.20 says this, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. It would be an understatement to say that 2020, 2021 has not been what we expected, right? It's been hard. It's been scary. It's been so confusing. And I decided to have a word picked out. And I was going to be excited about all the incredible ways God was going to show up, right? I was going to live my best life in 2021 because of 2020. (laughs) But that didn't happen. That virus, it kept on in 2021, if not worse. Wars started becoming very relevant, even in our neighbor's yard. Division was outrageous. It's all around us. Everyone's offended. And the truth is being quieted and quieted every day. Now, listen, I am a planner. I've actually been a planner since I was a young girl, believe it or not. I love writing to-do lists, okay? And cautiously, I kind of was taught to expect the worst just in case because of my life, because of my trauma. And I always just, it was like this safeguard. But here's the thing. I never expected or planned for any of that to happen. COVID, Afghanistan everything, division, nobody to trust, the government, all of the things. And I said to Jesus, I know I was praying for you to guide and you to direct me. And I really believe that this was going to be the year. But Lord, when you guided and directed me and you asked me to move to Virginia in the midst of all this, in the midst of a crazy market with no money, nowhere to live, that's, you know, that's not what I had in mind. (laughs) A little bit. The thought of living through a pandemic never really occurred to me as a reality. I don't think that I was really able to accept it in, for a year. But I want to remind you guys of a story, okay? Do you remember the story of Barnabas 
ever since, I don't know, I was a Christian, I remember hearing about Pilate asking the people if they wanted him to release Jesus or Barnabas. I think that's how you say it. It seemed like a no-brainer, right? You watch the passion, right? Barnabas was a rebel, a murderer, a thief. I mean, normally, hello, Jesus, who was innocent, who did no wrong, of course he needed to be released. But everything you saw, guess what? Even though we knew what the bad guy was, right? We watched all the bad movies. We we watched thrillers and the Avengers and you know, Barnabas was dirty and he was a thief and he was insane. He was he was the bad guy. We don't release the bad guy. We have an expectation, right? And here's the thing. They didn't free him. Instead, or they did free him instead of Jesus. Mark 15, 7 explains that among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the instruction, there was a man called Barnabas. The details were documented for a reason, and the Jewish people were waiting for a savior who would rebel against Roman rule, a warrior willing to do whatever it took, murder included. And some scholars in Mark 15, 17 believe that Barnabas was kind of a Robin Hood mm -hmm, who robbed from the wealthy upper class of Israel and Rome and was therefore popular among common people. It seemed like Barnabas is the kind of man the Jews were expecting as a promised Messiah. So they asked for Barnabas. They asked for him over Jesus. Sometimes we have our minds so fixed on what we're expecting that we can't see the truth of Jesus right in front of us. Jesus was the fulfillment of all of the prophecies, but because he didn't look like what we were, what they were expecting, they rejected him. When things don't line up with my expectations, with your expectations, my default response is to reject it personally. It simply doesn't fit. I don't see how it's going to work. My detailed spreadsheet, my list, my visions, my dreams, they cannot calculate this. And you know what ends up happening? Frustration and fear. And in those moments, in the moment on the couch when I ask God, Lord, are my expectations too high for my family? Am I not communicating it enough? What is the deal? God humbly reminds me that many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Regardless of whether my expectations are met in any of my relationships, I can trust that God's purpose will prevail. And God's purpose is greater than my expectations. So I want you to pray this. I want you to pray for God to help you and be to be careful in this season, to teach us all how to communicate to each other. What are good expectations and what are bad expectations in any real, real, real relationship? I want you to ask God, what do you expect and desire solutions for your current challenge to what you have in mind? Ask the Lord. Release your expectations and trust in your purpose and plan in Jesus. And you're probably wondering what, maybe you're not, what the conclusion was for me with my kids and my marriage and what I expected. And the thing is, grace. I still expected them to clean the bathroom. I still expected them to clean up after themselves and to wipe their spot. I still expected my husband to show little bits of love after I communicated with him. And that was okay. But even when they didn't meet those expectations, I learned to give them grace. Because I don't always meet the expectations of everybody else. And it's in those moments that I have to shift what I think something should look like. What I think a person should behave as. Whatever it is, whatever you think, don't look like the people did at Barnabas as this 
amazing Robin Hood and forget the perspective that the Savior all along was Jesus. And Jesus is the one that sends us grace. So let grace be the power in those expectations because grace gives you the ability to be vulnerable and be transparent, gives you boldness to communicate what you want, what you need, and the help that you want. Let's say you're in a position where you need help, but you're so afraid to ask for it. And you think that people are supposed to know what you need, but they don't. I challenge you to get uncomfortable, to put your walls down and communicate what it is you need. And if they even can't meet it, I'm going to challenge you to go further. And I'm going to ask you to give them grace because that's what the Lord did for us. Thanks for listening, you guys, on Motherhood Unfiltered. I'll see you soon. Make sure to go visit my website at ashleyhenriot.com, where you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in Motherhood Unfiltered, I would really appreciate you dropping a rating on iTunes and maybe encouraging a friend to join us too. I'd love to see you on TikTok or Instagram where I keep it real (laughs) in the reels. (laughs) Be sure to tune in next time. And thanks for listening to Motherhood Unfiltered. Unfiltered.